0: Thank you all for joining this Aspen podcast on the Nutrition Care Team Experience of Novel Human Milk Fortifier in U.S. Neonatal Intensive Care Units. My name is Lori Bechard, and I am a dietitian and clinical researcher in pediatric critical care at Boston Children's Hospital. We'd like to thank Reckitt Mead-Johnson, who provided an educational grant to support this podcast. Today, I'm gonna be interviewing Dr. Amy Gates about her recent study, which was shown as a poster at Aspen 22. Dr. Gates is a medical science liaison at Reckitt B. Johnson and adjunct faculty at Augusta University. And most importantly is an expert in neonatal nutrition care. We all know the importance of nutrition for premature infants and human milk fortification is one of the tools used to achieve appropriate nutrition delivery for optimal growth and development. Amy, your work is so important to dietitians and other clinicians caring for premature infants, and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Amy, could you start by sharing a little background about your career and how you came to be interested in studying the process and the packaging of fortified human milk? Of course.
1: I am, as you said, a registered dietitian, and I've worked in a level 4 NICU in Augusta, Georgia, at the Medical College of Georgia for about 23 years. And throughout my time in the NICU, I've had a a number of roles, uh, one of those roles being the director of a human milk lab where we process all the human milk feedings or breast milk feedings for our NICU. And what goes into that process, it can get kind of complicated. There's a number of steps involved. And just keep in mind that for our NICU population, primarily the preterm infant, this breast milk is rarely fed directly from mother. It's rarely a breast feeding situation. Um, Most of the time, this is expressed breast milk that someone in the NICU, um, in our case, our nursery, it is milk technicians, but in many NICUs, it is nurses and other clinical staff that are doing the preparation of the milk, meaning we have to receive milk in, thaw it, and then fortify it because unfortified milk is not the standard of care for this population. We have to do some nutrient supplementation. And so the process itself can get a little cumbersome, uh, time consuming. And, you know, I have worried that it is not very accurate. And because of just the nature of the way mothers express milk and the way orders are written, I was running into a lot of problems with how long that it took. And one of the, the key things that bothered me was, you know, typically our human milk fortification recipes are written that we have a set amount of fortifier that is added to a set amount of human milk. And that's not typically the way that mothers express milk. It's not stored in, say, 25 ml increments exactly. And orders are not written that way either. So we were ending up with a lot of wasted milk because we were having to prepare more than necessary in order to meet the needs of the baby. And it was just a really cumbersome process. So I was looking for ways to better utilize my staff's time so that they could prepare more milk more accurately and do it in a a way that was not wasteful of the breast milk. And that's kind of how this project started was just a way of improving the process.
0: That's great, Amy. Thank you so much. Just sort of building on that, what more specifically have you and and your colleagues observed to be kind of the pain point in the process of human milk fortification?
1: Sure. When we talk about the practicality of some of this, um, as I said, we have babies that can be very, very small, meaning, you know, four or 500 grams. And those tiny babies consume very tiny amounts of milk every day. I mean, they... 10, 20 mLs per day is not an uncommon volume for some of these very small babies. And it can be difficult to target the volume of milk that's available to the baby because as I said, you know, prior to the, the development of this new product, the way that fortification was done, you have a pre-measured dose, five mLs that's in a pre-measured packet that must be added to 25 mLs for the standard 24 calorie dilution. And so it's a very set ratio. Of milk, and that will leave you with thirty mL of prepared milk. And again, your mothers don't pump that way, and babies don't eat that way. And it just was really pigeonholing us into a um, way of preparing milk that that wasted milk. And for these mothers in this situation. When the starting, the lactogenesis is often delayed, they often have minimal milk available just because most of them are pump dependent. And so we try to be very good stewards of the milk and not waste anything. And so I wanted a way that could target whatever volume of milk we have available to us and whatever volume of milk the baby actually needs that day that we could target the actual volume rather than having to be set into standard ratios, which is what we do with preparing formula, right? But formula is very different than breast milk. You know, if we make a little more formula Than we need, you know, we don't, you know, like to waste things, but it's not as critical as it is for these preterm babies, because preterm babies depend on this maternal milk for protection against necrotizing or colitis and infection. So we need as much of the diet for maternal milk as possible. So that was like the biggest concern for me. And then Aside from that, you know, as a dietitian and someone, you know, dietitians, we tend to be pretty analytical and process focused. And I was looking for a way to streamline the way our milk techs were preparing because I was concerned for error. You know, the more steps it takes, the more things that are involved in the process, the risk for error in the mixing process, as well as in contamination of the milk. So I wanted to streamline it so that it was simpler. Then I also had to be careful about how much time does this take? Because, you know, we all know that in healthcare, we have limited resources, we have limited staff, we have limited time to devote to a task as well as limited budget. And so running this Milk Lab, I was looking for ways to make the process as simple and easy and straightforward as possible in order to save time as well
0: as resources. Excellent. Thank you. And along those lines, could you just describe a little bit in some detail how this new product that you came up with works?
1: So, as I said before, the standard prior to this was individual dosing with a set ratio, right? Either in what we kind of call a, a ketchup packet or a little plastic package of 5 mLs or a, similar to a sailing bullet, a pre-dosed 5 mLs in a twist-off cap. And so we decided if we put the fortifier into a larger container, a container that would hold more volume, about 5.2 ounces of human milk fortifier in a larger container, then we could aseptically remove the fortifier and whatever volume we, we, needed. If we only needed half an ml of fortifier, we could remove a very tiny amount, or we could remove all of it if we wanted to do bulk mixing, say for if we wanted to prepare a bulk batch of donor milk, for example. Um, And so the package is a large bottle that has a what we call a transfer lid. It's an aseptic lid where you replace the syringe on the bottle and aseptically remove the exact amount of milk or fortifier out of the container.
0: I gathered from reading this abstract that you surveyed a variety of individuals who had some experience using the product. Can you tell us a little bit more about what information you were aiming to gather from your study? Sure. So in 2020,
1: we did the original, what we called the time motion study. And that was my colleague, Bethany Hodges, and I at two different centers set up sort of a lab-simulated environment where we controlled every variable and the mixing process and were able to show a reduction in milk waste, the amount of time to prepare the fortifier and the number of steps taken. And so we had a a really significant finding there that we were able to improve this process. And so this study that was just presented at Aspen um, in poster form this past year or in in 2022 was a follow-up survey of We originally did this in a lab, and then we wanted to know that since the product has been launched for almost two years, what was the healthcare provider's experience in their own unit? And so we set it up as a survey where we blindly surveyed 108 hospitals and had the person sort of in charge of the nutrition at each hospital send the survey out to all the relevant team members and ask them, what was your experience compared to what you were doing before? What was your experience of using this new product and this new way of human milk fortification?
0: Could you give us some examples of those questions that you asked? And then, of course, the perspectives that were then shared by those survey respondents?
1: Sure. So we surveyed all of the healthcare providers within, we didn't limit it to just dietitians. We asked the dietitians, we asked nurses, the neonatologist, lactation consultants, as well as the milk technicians that might have been responsible for preparing milk. And then we had, you know, based on a couple of questions, so we asked the participants, you know, are you responsible for preparing milk? And if the response was yes, then they were given questions based on milk preparation. And we felt that was important so that we did not ask people who didn't actually prepare milk, what they thought about milk preparation. We want to make sure that we were accurate, And then we asked some questions about milk tolerance. And this, again, was a perception. We didn't actually measure the infants themselves. We asked, you know, based on what you were doing before, how did babies tolerate this um, new system? Um, An example of some of the questions would be, you know, again, it was all based on what you were doing previously. and, And the respondents had used all the products on the market. This was not just consumers of one particular product. It was All the products were pretty evenly represented in terms of the brand of Fortifier they were doing before. And so based on what you were doing before, how did this new process compare? And so, for example, we asked, based on what you were doing before, how did the product compare in terms of breast milk waste? Basically we were asking, did you perceive that you were wasting less breast milk? Um, and 59% of respondents did say they saw less breast milk waste compared to what they were doing before. Another big one which did align with what we found in our sort of lab simulated trial was time. You know, Compared to what you were doing before was, how was the time for the preparation of milk? Was it better than the same or worse than what you had done before? And 72% did say they saw a reduction in time to prepare. And so the questions were all framed in that way, you know, comparing to what you were doing previously. And you, know, some other outcomes were improved accuracy. 70% of people answered that it was better than what they were doing before in terms of accuracy of the preparation. Fifty-two percent said it was better than what they were doing before for aseptic technique, and sixty-five percent responded that it was easier to use than what they had done before. It was similar, you know, to what we had seen in our lab simulated um, trial previously, which you know wasn't surprising. We knew that with improving the technique, and um, your minimal changes can really result in significant outcome.
0: Amy, this is fascinating and super helpful practical information for NICU clinicians and for those who support them as well. So thank you for doing this and for sharing these details with the audience. My last question for you today is about future directions. What do you see as the next steps in this research pathway and what might the ultimate outcome be for this line of research? Thank you, Laura. That's an excellent question.
1: I think there are are several avenues that will um, direct us as we go forward. You know, we have seen a heightened emphasis on foodborne illness in the nursery and accuracy, you know, in recent events, but with formula recalls and COVID and and those sorts of things. So I do think there's going to be an emphasis on food safety within um, the NICU space and ensuring that we have accurate, safe procedures and how we handle milk and how we prepare milk within that space. Oftentimes the NICU is not included in our sort of food safety guidelines for the hospital. And we do have, you know, published guidelines for that. So I think we'll see more emphasis on ensuring that we're protecting these babies from foodborne illness. Um, I also think that we will do more targeted nutrition, um, targeted to the individual infant. That can be a little cumbersome and difficult to do now, but I, I do anticipate seeing a broader use of milk analysis to sort of tailor milk recipes to the breast milk that we're using, whether it's donor milk or maternal milk, using a milk analysis to measure protein and fat, for example, and maybe doing some augmentation that's specific to the individual sort of far in the future, I think we will do some broader supplementation with some of the micronutrients. That's a little bit more difficult to measure. That's not capability for doing bedside measurement of those. is not available today, but I think in the future we'll we'll also see that. I think first it will be an accuracy and safety of milk preparation in the NICU space, and then it will be tailoring and targeting to the individual.
0: Excellent. This is really great work, and I look forward to hearing more about what you're going to do in the future. Thank you so much, Dr. Amy Gates, for joining us today. Um, We would also like to thank Rekit Mead-Johnson for supporting this podcast episode. And as always, thank you to our audience for listening to this Aspen podcast.